Hello, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is me answering one of the most common questions that I get about the cat-dog relaxation protocol which is the basis of the cool as a cucumber challenge. And yes, everyone, the challenge is now live. If you are a person who has pets, who would benefit from learning to chill out a little bit, and let's be honest, who wouldn't? I know I would. Head to praiseworthypets.com slash challenge to join. Well, okay, so today is dedicated to troubleshooting. Because things don't always go to plan, friends. Actually, they almost never go to plan, (laughs) Um, which is why all of my plans have contingency plans. And sometimes those have contingency plans. Um, But that's, you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, Anyway, so you might be looking at the relaxation protocol at the challenge. And you might be saying, Naomi, this is amazing. I love you. Thank you so much for creating such a wonderful resource. But also, my pet goes absolutely nutty when food is around. How the bleepity blank am I supposed to use food to reinforce him for relaxing? So first of all, um, I would say love your enthusiasm. It's people like you who keep my world turning. And secondly, there's a few things that you can do that you can adjust to make food and relaxation be a thing that can coexist together, (laughs) coexist. So we have to take a step back from the protocol itself for a bit, put the task lists aside and look at our reinforcement strategy. So a food-based reinforcement strategy can be broken up into three parts. One is the actual food that you're using. Two is how you're delivering the food. And three is how you're signaling to the animal that the food is going to be delivered. So let's go through these one at a time. Number one, food choice. So when we're working on relaxing with animals who go Looney Tunes over food, we want to use the lowest value food that the animal will take in that context. So for many animals, this is not a treat. This is maybe their daily kibble since it's not very novel, but others are still obsessed with their kibble um, or they're on a different kind of diet. So you might look into stuff like vegetables, Cheerios, tiny pieces of dry things like milk bones. You can really think outside the box here. And if you're having trouble coming up with some things, then feel free to you know, post it in the group, in the challenge group, because this is a big thing that a lot of people have an issue with. Now, you also want to think not only about the value of the food, but the act of the eating itself, the behavior of the animal ingesting the food. Using food that takes a little bit longer to chew can help slow down the time between your repetitions, which leads to a more relaxed training session. So if you find that you have a low value treat that takes a few seconds to get down, that's excellent. Just make sure that it's not a frustrating eating experience for your pet. Okay, so that's the food we're using. Let's move on to treat delivery. Our behavior 
while we deliver the food and how and where we deliver the food too can influence the pace and the mood of the session. And we are looking for chilled out, slow, calm, slightly boring. So when you're delivering the treats, you want to take a breath, then slowly and calmly move towards the animal to place the treat on the mat between their front paws. You want to make sure that it's very clear that they just need to stay there. The food is coming to them. You can bring the treat towards the mat in a closed fist with your palm down and then calmly open your palm to reveal the food. Pinchy fingers do not work well here with animals that are like super uh, sharky or a little bit frustrated around food. We want to be as clear and calm as possible in our treat delivery. Now, lastly is the marker. What is the signal that you are giving to your pet that the food is on its way? I recommend choosing a marker that would not be out of place in a spa or a library. <laughs> I use good. Use a low tone, a word that you can draw the sound out a little bit, because in this case, we're not really worried about precision. We're just letting them know that the food is on its way. And if your marker is not auditory, we have a deaf dog in the club right now. You still want your gesture to be large and slow rather than a quick flash, like a thumbs up. Now, you guys can't see me. I'm demoing some of these potential markers, <laughs> but... This is an audio podcast, so that's not very helpful. All right, so taken all together, our reinforcement strategy looks like this. You're using a calm marker that exudes chill, a non-rushed treat delivery, and a kind of meh treat. Off to a great start. This is definitely not an event that inspires intense elation for most animals. We want this to be slightly interesting, but not super duper exciting. But that's not all. You can't just, you know, switch up your reinforcement strategy and plop it back into the relaxation pro protocol and expect that everything's going to change magically. Importantly, you need to introduce this low-key reinforcement strategy to your pet outside of working on the protocol. So your pet will start to recognize it and trust it. They'll trust that when they notice that marker, the food that I kind of like is coming, but slowly. So I don't need to get my undies in a twist demanding that the food comes quicker. Um, that's just not how that event works that is being cued by that marker. So you want to do just a few sessions of this reinforcement strategy and just this reinforcement strategy to introduce it. Then do a test. When you notice that your pet is being relatively calm in your daily life while they're a few feet away from you, do your marker and then look at their body language. Do they look back at you and wait for you to approach with your food? Or do they jump up and turn around and have a happy birthday? Oh, God. Oh, that my kids have gotten that song stuck in my head. So um, anyway, do they jump up 
and spin around and do a dance and bark and whine or paw at you. All of those kind of frustrated food behaviors that we can sometimes see. If they don't do that, great. Um, if they are doing that, then we need to troubleshoot a little bit more. And that would be something that we could talk about more privately. So if they have an interested but calm response to that marker, then you're ready to use it inside the challenge. So if you have any more questions about the challenge or anything else cat and dog related, follow me at Praiseworthy Pets on Instagram and send me a DM. And if you're wondering something, I know that a bunch of other cat and dog people are having similar brainwaves. So hit me with those questions. All right, friends, so get on out there and relax those pets of yours. Head to praiseworthypets.com slash challenge to sign up for the Cool as a Cucumber Challenge. Oh, I love alliteration. It's bomb to my soul. I will see you here next week for another episode of It's Training Cats and Dogs. Bye.